Hello and welcome to Tour of Truth with Christian Company. Today's company is Tim Buck, Bible prophecy teacher, and he's been studying scripture, immersing himself in the Word of God for more than 40 years. It is a blessing to have you with us today, Tim. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Krista. Always a pleasure to be on Tour of Truth to discuss the Word of God. And of course, one of our favorite subjects is Bible prophecy and the signs of the time. All of the things the Bible talked about that would happen in the last day as a society and as a culture, you know, it reminds me of the analogy of a frog boiling where the temperature just keeps getting turned up a little hotter and a little hotter and the frog doesn't know it's being cooked there is so much going on we need to wake up we need to wake up as the body of Christ we need to wake up to the truth of what God's Word says and it is actually really exciting to look into God's Word and see that the things that were prophesied two and three thousand years ago they are literally beginning to happen in our generation God put Israel, his chosen people, that he put them on hold for a time so that the church could come into relationship with him so we could be grafted in. But then he says that after that happens, he's going to pick the phone up. They're no longer going to be on hold. And he's going to begin bringing his people into the kingdom. And the Jewish people, the light bulb will begin to come on. So we're seeing that happen. And it started with the nation of Israel being born just in one day, as prophecy told us would happen. May 14th, 1948, that nation had been scattered throughout the earth for more than 2,000 years, they exist today. That in itself is an absolute miracle and it should be one of the first things that makes us go, you know, we need to pay attention to what's going on here because God said this would happen and he also told us that he will perform his word and he's doing it. Absolutely, Krista. 1948 triggered a domino effect for the fulfillment of Bible prophecy that'll never happen again. Hundreds of additional prophecies are connected to 1948. And so we've kind of put together a list, a shock list, kind of scratched our heads and say, hey, let's let's really put together a list of signs of the times of what's going on in our world today that, that kind of wasn't here 50 years ago, 60 years ago, that reveals to us how close we're inching towards the coming of the Lord. You were teaching about the Arab Spring. And you know, the Arab Spring was a series of anti-government protests, some uprisings, and armed rebellions that spread across North Africa and the Middle East in 2010. But as a result of this Arab Spring, it led to the shuffling within the Middle East so that nations are now basically falling into place in accordance with what last day prophecies told us where they would be surrounding the nation of Israel. Sooner or later, all of the nations mentioned in prophecy have to line up to where the prophets said they would be. And so the Arab Spring kind of jump-started, as I see it, a, another domino effect of the nations surrounding Israel and the roles that they play. For instance, the casting off of Mubarak in Egypt, the casting off in Libya of Gaddafi. Those changes are bringing those nations into a position closer in alignment with what the Bible says. The rise of Iran, for instance, in our generation, claiming they want to annihilate Israel. Iran's mentioned in Ezekiel chapter 13. 38 and verse 5 as a definite player in the end times. Also, the Arab Spring was the collapse of Syria. We've talked about Syria and we've talked about when Syria falls into the hands of Iran, what a horrible thing that's going to be for Israel. And so over the last three years during the civil war, Israel's been bombing Iranian assets in Iran. Recently, interestingly, they've started to bomb Iranian assets in Iraq. Israel is now bombing Baghdad and the suburbs of Baghdad, military assets of Iran. Why? Because Iran is moving rapidly from the collapse of Syria and from the semi-collapse of Iraq as we pulled out 
too quickly, all of a sudden, those nations are in fair play. So what Iran's attempting to do as we speak is to have access called a crescent, a Shiite crescent, all the way from Iran, through Iraq, through Syria, to the Mediterranean. Right now... Can I ask probably a, a dumb question, but what's a Shiite crescent? Well, Iran is a Shiite Muslim country. They are the leading Shiite Muslim country. There's two divisions in Islam. There are probably a lot more than that, but there are two main divisions. There is the Sunni division, which is about 85%, and there is the Shiite division, which is about 15%. And the Shiites believe that the leader of Islam should be in the bloodline of Muhammad. Sunnis don't believe that. They believe any elected Muslim could be the leader of the caliph, or the, the caliph himself, meaning the leader of the caliphate. Shiites don't believe that. They believe it has to be a ruler from Muhammad. So Iran is the Shiite reigning nation, and Iraq is semi-Shiite, and Syria is Shiite. And so what Iran's attempting to do is to make a massive empire from Iran through Iraq and Syria and Lebanon all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. It's interesting to me, Iran finally just got their first port in Syria on the Mediterranean. And they're smart because they bought and made a lease with the country of Syria for a massive port between two of Russia's ports on the Mediterranean in Syria. Well, that's a beautiful idea because we're not going to try to blow up Russia's ports. Exactly. <laughs> so in addition to that, you've got Hezbollah as an Iranian proxy on Israel's northern border in Lebanon. And you've got Hamas, which is becoming a strong Iranian proxy in Gaza. In addition to those nations that we've talked about, we've seen the rise of Turkey over the last 15 years. Turkey's mentioned some seven times in Bible prophecy. Very important country and will be the leader in the battle of Armageddon, according to Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. We've also seen now the fall of Libya and Gaddafi, which is mentioned in Ezekiel 38, and the collapse of the Sudan recently, and its rapid shift into radical terrorism, they're also mentioned. And so what I'm simply saying is that the nations in the Middle East that are mentioned in Bible prophecy as being against Israel at the time of the end times, when Christ comes back, all of those nations are now today Muslim nations and are now today radical enemies of Israel and position. This is a sign that we should be very, very aware of. People today are looking at all kinds of other things, artificial intelligence, the boogeyman behind the next corner, and what we really need to be looking at is the Middle East and how these nations are lining up according to Bible prophecy. The story in the Bible, the central theme is Israel. Not everyone in the church understands that, that God is literally fulfilling his plans from Genesis to Revelation. And it's about when Jesus returns, restoring the kingdom of Israel. He'll set his feet down on the Mount of Olives. There is a master plan that's taking place, and Israel is central. Absolutely. You know, one of the other signs about Israel, Krista, is that the nations want to divide the land in the end times. Right. Joel says in chapter 3 and verse 2, I will gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, a phrase describing the battle of Armageddon. He says, when they're there, I'll enter into judgment with them on the behalf of my people and my inheritance. Israel, whom they've scattered among the nations, and they've divided up my land. So here again, not only are the nations in the Middle East in the place where they should be, but the United Nations and the rest of the nations of the world want to divide Israel, which is a clear sign of the status of Israel in the end times is the international community bringing pressure upon them to give up land for peace, to divide up the land. And God says, by doing that, you're offending me. And I'm going to bring you and judge you in the Valley of Jehoshaphat at the Battle of Armageddon. 
That's right. His covenant he made with Abraham was eternal. Absolutely. An eternal covenant for that land. When people are on both sides of the fence over whether you know Israel should hold onto their land or not or try to do land for peace, land for peace has never worked. Frankly, it's because God said, you can't give it away. And you know what Joel says there? He says, they've divided up my land. That's an important phrase. God sees the divided land, meaning the West Bank and the mainland of Israel, as God's land still. Just as God told Israel in the beginning, it's my land, you're not even allowed to permanently sell it because you're really, it's really just a land grant. God said he was given to Israel. They weren't even allowed to permanently sell any of that land. So here we are in the end times and God says, I'm going to bring the nations in the Valley of Armageddon because they divided my land. Nothing has changed with that Abrahamic covenant. And today we're pressing God really the nations might as well lift up their fist to god and say we don't care what the abrahamic covenant says we don't care what your word says israel's got to give up that land and that's a sign that we're inching ever more closer to the return of the lord right and another sign i think we can see worldwide the rise in violence and terrorism you know in jesus Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24, he talked about the days of Noah, and he made a parallel and said that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. And when you break down the days of Noah in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 11, he says, because of violence, I'm going to bring the world to judgment. And in Genesis 6 and verse 13, he says it again. He says, because of violence, our world is experiencing violence more than ever before. Terrorism in the cities of America, terrorism in almost every major capital in the world. That violence is what happened in the days of Noah, and that's supposed to be repeated again as a sign that we're closing in on the return of the Lord. Well, and another thing about the days of Noah, as he refers to them, is the depravity, the depravity of men, and just how wicked that we can become when we don't seek the Lord, when we reject God. And I think we've seen that as well, highlighted, I think, in the acceptance of transgenderism and gender confusion. I mean, this is really just horrifying. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. But woe to those. That's a very poignant verse. It's one that we should really think about when we are thinking about liberal agendas on these sort of issues, like it's okay. No, no, we have to actually take a stand. And when we take no stand, we're still taking a stand. The stand we need to be taking is on the Word of God. Yeah, you know, the rise and acceptance in the world of the LGBT movement is is quite stunning. Every city celebrates a pride parade today, including Tel Aviv, Israel. This is sad. The word of God makes it clear that that's one of the signs. In Luke, he called it the days of Lot are going to return. The rise in acceptance of transsexuals. Krista, we've got this movement in America right now that public libraries are having transsexuals, drag queens, teach four and five-year-olds. And crowds are showing up and bringing their four and five-year-olds so a drag queen can sit on a stool and teach their children. We have schools that are injecting eight-year-olds with a serum that helps them transition to a different sex from a boy to a girl, girl to a boy, without parental consent. It's almost like when that can of worms was opened, the demons of the netherworld 
flew onto the earth and said, let's capitalize on this. Because now everywhere you turn, the entire LGBT movement is in full steam ahead. It's sad, but it should be a wake-up call to Christians that this is a sign that we're in the end times. Right. You know, and I want to say something about that particular issue because I I think that the church, the capital C church in general, that we have failed so much on the way to handle that. You know, I think we've highlighted that particular sin so much that it's created a lot of judgment in Christian circles. You know, the Bible says to remove the plank from our own eye before we look at the spec, but after we've removed the plank from our own eye, we have permission to say something to our brother or our sister in Christ and to put them on the right path. And so I think it's important to say, yes, that we still communicate in love. We don't hate people. We walk alongside of them and share with them the gospel and try to invite them into this relationship with the Lord and help teach them his ways. But we can't celebrate if people choose to continue in sin. You know, the Bible defines what sin is. And whether we like it or not, God is God. You know, and I am okay with the fact that the Bible is offensive sometimes. It is because these are his ways and he is just and his ways are righteous and true. A lot of people have a cafeteria style way of looking at the Bible. I'm going to take this and I'm going to take this and ultimately they just end up creating the God of their feelings. What feels good to me and that's the God that I'm going to serve but that is not the God of the Bible. Yeah. It's not. There's a big difference between how you and I personally would treat somebody involved with the LGBT movement and our love for them. There's a big difference between how as believers we're supposed to treat everybody in love. We're not saying these people can't possibly come to know the Lord and that we're not supposed to reach out to them. We're simply giving indications that this worldwide acceptance celebration and, and yeah. celebration of something God has rejected in his word is a sign of the time. Right. And you know, another thing that we really need to talk about is why is Satan coming against America so much? And I'll bet, I'll bet I, you, I I'll bet you we could both talk about that quite a bit because, um, you know, we're both so passionate about that. Why don't you see if if you want to tackle it. Well, the first thing I would say is because we kicked him out. The moment that we wanted to remove God from schools and take him out of our culture, I mean, what do you have? I think the increase in violence that we're seeing and the increase in suicide amongst teenagers, all of these things that are happening in our culture today are a result of the fact that there's no moral boundaries anymore. People don't know. Like, kids don't have any sense of right or wrong. It's all whatever you choose to believe. Yeah, and think about if we would have known the consequences of kicking God out, we now have mass shootings in our schools we now have transgenderism being taught we now have lawlessness we have nobody knows what's right and wrong all of this is exactly what you're pointing out Krista that kicking God out of the schools and saying we don't have the right to teach the Bible or pray um, has resulted in a secular anti-God more than we would have ever dreamed was possible and this is what we're looking at now in America in addition to that I have to point out that Israel is the reason why Satan hates America so much. We are the big Satan. From the Islamic perspective, Iran keeps shouting that Israel is the little Satan and America is the big Satan. And from that perspective, they're exactly right. We're the only superpower on earth. It's no coincidence that the United States is the only superpower racing into the end times and the only one holding up Israel. The only one that has Israel's back. The only one that supports the budget of Israel's defense. And the only one that shares the secrets of intelligence together. Satan needs to bring down America before he can bring down Israel. Sooner or later, there will not be a strong America 
propping up and partnering with Israel. And so Satan knows that. And Satan knows that as long as the Democrats and the Republicans sort of agree that we need to be standing with Israel, America's probably not going anywhere for a while. So I think that's why we're seeing such a massive onslaught on, on America. According to prophecy, when Israel is invaded and surrounded, because the word tells us that the Lord himself, part of the plan is that he says he's going to put a hook in their jaw and draw them to their borders. You know, this is all part of his plan, but heading in that direction, as they come across those borders, imagine if we were the America that we are today or even of the past, we wouldn't allow that to happen. But we know that scripture says that's going to happen. So at some point along the way, America is going to change its stance. Yeah, it, it's definitely going to have to. And let's wrap it up with some of the rest of the list. It is just incredible as to what's going on in our country and what's going on around the world. The hatred for authority, racism, police hatred, just a general lawlessness in the United States and the world itself. Bible says that there will be lawlessness in the land before the days when Christ returns. Right. Sanctuary cities. Could you ever have imagined sanctuary cities for lawbreakers set apart in the United States of America? The leader it's of, unbelievable. The leader of pornography is the United States. So we've developed a, an extremely ungodly culture, both in music and in the gangs and in the drugs. All of those things are coming out of the idea of rejecting God. We've had 60 million abortions, and you and I both have discussed the sickness of that and Planned Parenthood selling aborted body parts with no repercussion whatsoever. The governor of Virginia telling us that after a botched abortion, even if the child is alive, you know, we still ought to consider what we ought to do with that child. This is incredible. Unreal. He's still in office saying that we ought to kill the baby after it's born, that that would be a good idea. And New York City went and cheered after they passed legislation for that late-term abortion. All the way up to nine months, New York City says you can have an abortion now. And who would have thought that they screamed, cheered uncontrollably, like as if this was the greatest thing that ever would be possible, you know, to kill children up to the ninth month? You know, I think you've got worse punishments in our legal systems today for animal cruelty. Good point. We do. We, we absolutely do. And, and, you know, you add into this mix that half of the United States feels comfortable with open borders and half the United States thinks it's not even necessary to give people an identification card to vote. What you've got is a true onslaught on the United States of America. The streets are filled with the gangs and drugs and uh, God's warning America, I'm coming soon. He said, you know, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And Paul said, and from such people, turn away. And, you know, we need to heed that warning. We do. And, and recognize that all of those descriptions, wow, that's the culture we're in. Yeah. And, and one last thing, I, I can't get away from this. All while that's happening, Jewish people are returning back to the promised land. And that's incredible. All the time that all this bad and evil is going on, plane loads with Jewish people. I, I just saw last week a plane load from North America filled with Jews from 22 states landed in Israel to make what's called aliyah, the going up, the idea of becoming a citizen of Israel. 
I wonder if Americans today realize that last week, Jews from almost half the country boarded a plane and left and went back to Israel. God says he's going to bring them from the north, the south, the east, and the west. And although it's getting bad, like you described in the picture of the frog in his hot water, and although we sometimes forget how bad it really is getting, all around us God's performing miracles, and we're racing through the end times with the Jewish people returning back to the land, and sooner or later Christ is going to come back. Be ready. In a time when you don't expect him, he's going to return. It's so great to talk to you today again about these things, Krista. Love and enjoy being on your program. Absolutely. Thank you for all that you've shared today. It is exciting. There's still a lot of hope and encouragement in all of this message. You know that God is just simply performing his word, and that's the part that we can trust and rely on in all of it. And we need to continue to seek his word and seek, seek comfort and seek peace in these times, and that the Lord will strengthen and equip his church as we move into what God has planned for us. Amen. Thank you so much. Will you pray for us? Absolutely. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for opening up our eyes. You talked about these things thousands of years ago and told us to be aware. And so, Lord, we're just sharing this information. Pray that people would wake up, make you the center of their life, tell their friends and family that they need to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, I thank you so much for this opportunity to share the word of God, for we pray it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. If you've enjoyed our message and you'd like to hear it again, or if you'd like to hear another podcast, you can find us at tourofftruth.com, and we'll look forward to chatting with you again soon.